This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt, I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello. And we are fresh from the New European Christmas Do. Yeah, I'm not sure fresh is actually the, um, yeah, I'm not sure that that's the operative word, but we're here anyway. We're here. And thank you for being here yourselves. We wish that you could have been there with us last night, in fact. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very enjoyable occasion. It was very good. And we talked about Brexit the whole time. We didn't talk about Brexit the whole time. Uh, the we Dalek t- wasn't there. The Dalek wasn't there, no. I think he's he's probably in the cells for the duration. Yeah, in the drunk tank. Yes, exactly. We'll get to that. We will. We will get to that. So we're going to touch briefly on Damien Green. He's gone. Theresa May and her strong and stable government. But this is being spun as a... I saw this being spun um, on Thursday morning... By Jeremy Hunt, I believe, as an illustration of how strong and stable Theresa May is. I mean, it basically... I mean, Theresa May and Damien Green are very close. Uh, You know, outside of politics as well, known each other for a long time, and he was her uh, closest ally. And and now she really hasn't got anyone left, has she, in the cabinet? It's a viper's nest now. Uh, It completely completely is. It, It will be interesting to see, once she's gone to Poland... Uh, and returned, whether she appoints another of us Ramonas, yes. because Damien Green, whatever he has done, yeah. uh, uh, is was a uh, he, he was a, a Remainer and stayed a Remainer, yeah. uh, and they they you know when when, uh, when she brought Penny Morden into the uh, into back into the cabinet to replace um, uh, Pretty Patel, it was on a sort of one in one out basis, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. is she going to keep that balance? I think uh, she's got it's to really, really important. because, especially with um, with the with Gavin Williamson 
siding with the Brexity elements. Yes. Um, I think I think she would be keen to do that. Yes. She's down um, to very few mates, though, now, isn't no she? Mates. Her inner circle is basically her election campaign team, minus Nick Timothy, minus Fiona Miller, and minus um, now Damien Green. Theresa Nomates. Theresa Nomates, yeah. Um, if she'd have married Damien Green, she would have been Theresa Green. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's important to say, isn't it, that Damien Green has been... I mean, he's been sacked for lying, hasn't he? Yes. He's, he's been sacked, first, first of all. I don't care if he looks at porn. Well, I think whether he's looked at it or not has, is, has not been established, and he continues to deny that, but he's yeah. been sacked for lying. He, he knew he knew about yeah, it, at least. He did, and he said quite clearly on two occasions that he didn't know about it. I think if it hadn't have been for the fact that she's got no mates, he would have gone Yeah, some time ago. Yeah, um, I think it, she she cl- clung on to him um, to try and keep that ally close to her. But um, I mean, I think it, she's not strong and stable, and number ten isn't strong and stable. It, but it is sort of weak and stable. I don't think that there's going to be any chaos around Deming Green leaving. I think that you know, I think it happens at the right time for Theresa May as well, with everyone going off for Christmas. Do you think that people will just not notice? I think there might be an element of that. But it is going to be lonely this Christmas. Without green to hold. <laughs> lonely and cold. A few weeks ago, David Davis threatened that if Damien Green was sacked, yeah. he would resign. Yeah. What do you think the likelihood of David Davis resigning is now that Damien Green has been sacked? Hugely unlikely. Zero percent? Yes, zero percent. As we said last week, he does like to resign for no real reason. <laughs> he does. Well, maybe he will. Um, maybe he will. Well, here's hoping. Um we're going to spend a bit more time of this pod looking forward. I'm going to do that with Jerry Scott, and we'll, yeah. we're going to make some. I'm too miserable about to look forward. 2018, um, but I think now we should probably take a look back. It's a time for reflection, isn't it? Christmas, it is a festive period. So let's reflect on 2017. Now, this time last year, this pod didn't exist. No, um, but if it had, I suspect that we would have been saying Theresa May is powerful. She's Yes, she can do whatever she wants, and we were concerned about her driving through a really hard Brexit. Now, she went and screwed all that up, didn't she? Yes, she did. I mean, I think, I think it's important to reflect that without Theresa May having done what she has done, this podcast and the New European would be unlikely to exist. Now, if <laughs> Theresa May had, you know, we launched. Initially, we launched the newspaper in in um, in early July of um, of 2016, straight after the referendum. We intended to only print four issues, and we've we've now just put to bed our 76th issue. Yeah. For which, thank you, New European readers and New European uh, podcast listeners. Um, and and the reason for for this has been Theresa. If Theresa May once elected. Once she'd seen off Leedsome and Boris and Gove and all of those. Leedsome for leader. Leedsome for leader. Um, Once she'd seen all of those off, if she'd come out and said, I recognise that, you know, 52 to 48 was not a big big majority and it's not that much of a mandate, so we're going to take this. And, And I supported the Remain campaign and I know that there are good points on both sides. And therefore, we're going to proceed in uh, in this vein. 
But she didn't, did she? She no. basically said she ran up the flag for the hardest Brexit possible. Yeah. Uh, and and started uh, and started saying that people were uniting and people who weren't were moaners and all of this and has set in train this this um, this whole wave of division and insults and calling people saboteurs and saying that they're self-interested and and all of this um so you know and it's just uh, uh, it's been another year that was a disastrous move for Theresa May yeah. she she divided the country a divided country even more and uh, and she's continued to to have a disastrous year and clinging to her old mate Damien Green uh, is is yet another example of what a piss poor prime minister she is. She is, uh, but the, the the most amazing thing. I mean, it's been an incredible year. I didn't think that we could top two thousand sixteen yeah. with regards to um, bonkers politics, but I think we might have. Yes, I mean, it's been the most extraordinary year. That general election, of course, that she said she was never going to call, hmm. and then did. But she lied about that. <laughs> she lied about that as well. I mean, Damien Green is, is, a, is a rare example of somebody who has lied and not got away with it. Because, yeah. because Gove and Johnson have, have lied yeah. and are still in the Cabinet. Yeah. David Davis has clearly lied and how I, I still... Well, I, I understand why the, the committee, which, which had a majority of Conservatives and the DUP on it, didn't vote. I can't really... didn't vote to say that he'd misled uh, Parliament over the impact assessment papers. Um, I can't really understand where John Burko was coming from no. um, to say that he hadn't misled Parliament. Mm. So he's he's lied. Mm. Theresa May lied when she said she wasn't going to call an election, mm. and 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 Damien Green has has, has lied and, and been found out. It's about Boris, where, and, and the President of the United States lies on a minute by minute basis. It's clearly. fine now. Lying is it's, uh, it's, yes. it's very on trend. That's been my one of my biggest shocks of the last. Well, I get. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess that in November last year, when when it was proven that you could lie and become the most powerful man in the world. So, well, I might take it up. Yeah. Well, you're the second most powerful man in the world as it stands. <laughs> as it is. <laughs> in your own mind. Yeah, even um, in my own mind, I'm only second. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But let's just focus on Boris because he's had a funny year, I think, Boris, hasn't he? Because he, he I think he's he feels more empowered now, possibly than he did. Yes. I think. The, I mean, he was told to shut up throughout the election. He was hidden in the election yeah. campaign, um, which I think was a probably a wise move because I think people actually, the people who like him like him, but but increasingly people dislike him and know yeah. that he is a liar. But then it couldn't have really got much worse, could it? The campaign, so yeah. you know, and I think actually a lot of Tories would have preferred him to be a bit more vocal during the campaign. A lot of grassroots Tories who yeah. still, you know. The, the jury is out on whether Boris is the right person to lead the Tories going forward or not. But no. but he has had a funny year because he seemed like his guns had been spiked after the um, after after Gove stabbed him in the back. Yeah, and he just sort of kept bungling on, didn't he? Yeah. But now I feel like he's on the ascendancy a little bit, especially with Gove doing the brains. And he's the brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does look a bit like brains in Thunderbird, doesn't he, Michael? With Thunderbird's <laughs> Michael Gove, which yeah, I've not really. Anyway, um, and Boris Johnson reminds. I mean, every time I see the the terrible John Lewis advert with the monster under the bed, I'll, I'll, that, that sort of reminds me of Boris. Of Boris Johnson, does it? Yeah, Boz the monster. Isn't it Moz? 
Well, it should put its oh, own six balls. balls. It's I'm being clever, you're saying. Oh, that is clever. Um, with that awful rendition of Golden Slumbers, ruining one of the best tracks on Abbey Road. That, yes. What's the point of that? He can't. I overheard someone saying, "I really like Elbow's new song." The point of the, the point of that song is it gives Paul McCartney a chance to do his shouty, growly voice, mm. and Guy Garvey, nice man as though he is, um, cannot do it. No, there is a there is a sad trend for uh, just doing a doing a good song, very poor, yeah, badly, and then selling it to John Lewis. Isn't there? Did yes, John Lewis go out and fight? Do they ask people, "Will you do this song for us?" Can you sing this one a bit more slowly and mournfully? Yeah. yeah. I asked, We've got um, a fairly sad advert. I asked, um, what's the what's the lead singer of the Charlatans? Tim Burgess. I asked Tim Burgess on Twitter a couple of years ago because he was moaning about. I think Lily Allen had done, oh, yeah. she? and he was moaning about it. And I tweeted him and said, "So when um, you know Ellie Golding does a very slow version very slow of Boston Green <laughs> yeah, of Jesus hairdo." <laughs> And he said, no, I'll, I'll happily let them. Yeah, they were for the money. It's a very nice man. Yeah. And a funny man. Yeah, and a, and uh, and good on Twitter. Yes, he is. And and a Remainer. Yes, is he? I've no idea. Well, I don't know. Well, get in touch, Tim. Come on the pod and tell us. Um, so, but Govgier as well, if we just... So, Boris is on the sentence, and I think that's partly to do with him and Gov being pals again. Yeah. Gov's had a mad year, hasn't he? What an incredible year. He was. He, we were lucky we're doing up our Brexit power list for the new yes. year. And he sneaked on at 99 last year. Yes. And I think it was mainly so we could make fun of him that we put him on the list. Um, and we, we sort of suggested that he was probably going to be sometime in the wilderness now. Hmm. But, I mean, as you always say, and I always snigger at, Michael Gove is... Is and, and other people have told me this as well. Michael Gove is a very is a, a very personable man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. I mean, clearly with his his wife um, with his wife being one of the, the male's top columnists, he's well thought of uh, in that particular yes. um, yeah. nest of vipers. Yeah. Uh, and you know who did the who did the Times dispatch to talk to Trump? Who had his picture taken in the he's a clever the, guy. The gold lift? You know. So he's got he's got Dacre. And Murdoch yeah. on side. Yeah. It was only a matter of time with those two before his little scrunchy little pobby face uh, <laughs> re- reappeared. Uh, um, I, yes, I mean you're right, but he's a he's a clever guy, and what he did, no one wants the environment gig. I mean, no one wants that job. No, you've got to say that he's he's done it with some relish, haven't haven't you? Yeah, because he's because he's not daft. He knew that he could have an impact. That actually is one of those jobs that is going to give him an impact on on Brexit negotiations. Yes, and once you've got a say in that, then suddenly you're at the top table again. Yes, that's right. And, and I, do, I do fear, you know, Michael Gove strikes me as, as one of those people who has, you know, the, somebody said this about Sepp Blatter, didn't they, that he has 99 ideas before he starts breakfast and 98 of them are absolutely terrible. Yeah. And Michael Gove strikes me. I just just from his, I mean, his recording, as, as, as a father of, uh, as a father of uh, a child who has gone through the, the full... Uh, whose education, com- secondary education, completely disrupted and yeah. frankly ruined by the changes that yeah. Gove uh, brought in. That, you know, I, I feel very dubious about anything that Michael Gove says. Well, he's going to be I, Chancellor. I, next I year. have a long-standing grudge against Michael Gove for this, mm. in the same way that he has a long-standing grudge against the EU because of something that happened in his family many years ago. Yeah. So, so you're going to launch your political? Yeah, I'm aiming for the. I'm, not an I'm aiming for the Gove ticket. I am. Yeah. 
Who had the best year? So, it's hard to say, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it really is hard to say. Boris is a sort of fact-free, content-free zone. Yeah. Uh, a bit like this podcast. <laughs> very much so. Liam Fox is a sort of an empty vessel yeah. droning away. Yeah. Um, but but his, his job really hasn't started yet, but, no. it is a, but it is about to start. And we're about to see how bad Liam Fox is. And, yes. I, and I imagine it will be really bad. Um, Theresa May, as we said, has had an ter- absolutely terrible year. Ca- a catastrophic error um, for which she'll always be remembered. About Corbyn? By doing very little, yeah. Corbyn and also Jacob Rees-Mogg um, yeah. have probably had good years. I, I think um, the Corbyn thing... I think, uh, I'll tell you who's <clears throat> had the worst year, in my view, yeah. is David Davis, who has gone from yes. being viewed as a safe pair of hands, yeah. you know, the, 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 the power behind the throne, the man who was going to steer us in some way out of all of this, mm. and has been exposed as a, as, as a, a charlatan. And, and, potential, and a potential leader as well. Well, he's, he still thinks he's going to be oh, a leader, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, but, um, DD for leader. DD for leader. I think he'll get those, <laughs> those women back with those large... Oh. I Jumpers. Hope so. It was a, well. I, th- <laughs> I, I, I think that Corbyn's had a good year, like you say, because he because there is a ploy within the Labour Party to just shut up. Yes. It's a bit like when you're in a fight, not a fist fight, not a fist fight, fight. an argument. Yeah. And you think I'm just going to shut up. Yeah. And let the person who's shouting at me shout. Yes. Well, that is, isn't that good advice for new European readers over the Christmas? Dinner table. It is, but we'll get. We'll, but hold your horses, because oh, okay. we're going to get back right to that. So, final thought on 2017. Uh, it was not as quite as horrific as the second half of 2016. Things are moving our way. Yeah. There's one poll since February in which uh, leave the the EU as. As uh, as had a uh, a majority, and and uh, as we saw in the last poll, there was a ten point majority for yeah. uh, Remain. I still don't think, if I'm honest, that if p- most people, if you if you asked, should we have a if you had a referendum on, should we have another referendum now? Mm. I think the answer would still be no, because mm. people are quite sick of it and yeah. probably want some of this to, you know, the they want to test the impact. Yeah. Um, but I think things are beginning to move our way, and I am much more. Well, I, I think there's a there's a letter to this effect in the New European this week, where I, I think it's a I think it was a, a female reader is saying that she was much more hopeful than this time last year, and and I, I, I endorse that view. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Uh, okay, I'll be joined by Jerry Scott next. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. Jerry Scott's joining me. Merry Christmas, Jerry. Merry Christmas. Very Jerry Christmas. Oh, there we go. And we're going to we're gonna look into our crystal ball mm-hmm. and make a few predictions about the coming year. Yeah. Um, so, b- Brexit? Mm, yeah. 
I mean, it's not going anywhere, is it, obviously? <laughs> no, no. It'll still be around this time next year in one way, shape or form. Yeah. What, what do you reckon? Uh, oh, I reckon it's going to get worse and worse. Uh-huh. It's such a tight time scale, isn't it? So, what, everything kind of needs to be tied up by October so that both sides That's can right, sort yeah. out things by March and... That's only ten months away, and it, yeah, it's a bit worrying. So, but do you think? So we'll get onto trade talks. You reckon in March, mm. and then the the potential because we're at the moment everyone seems to be reasonably happy. Yeah. Uh, in in the UK, at least, with the fact that we've managed to get on to to phase two. Yeah. Do you think this is when? Although there have been some quite hard realities coming. Um, coming out that the Brexiteers aren't liking. Yeah, and let's remember, it's only sufficient progress has been made. Yes. It's not like, oh, everything's yeah. brilliant, is it? Yeah. yeah. So, do you th- so once those trade talks start, mm-hmm. how how much is going to unravel then, and how angry are the Brexiteers going to get? Because that's a potential pinch point for for May, I think. Isn't yeah, it? I think I think they're going to get pretty angry. I don't think things are going to go smoothly. I don't think things are going to get any easier I think the best part of Brexit for us has kind of come and gone Theresa May's day in the sun with regards to Brexit was a couple of weeks ago in day Brexit. hour yeah. minute make yeah. of it what you will yeah, quite. Um, but yeah like we know don't we that the EU27 are going to sit down after the holidays and want to discuss transition period as well um, but I think yeah the I think the bigger problem is that the you know these talks that we know are going to be coming over trade over security and stuff like that time is going to be taken away from them on haggling over these terms of transition i think that's going to be a big problem that we're going to want to get onto trade and it's not going to be moving as fast as maybe some brexiteers will want it to so we're looking at the transition fully ending now in december the 31st 2020 mm. i think yeah um so the brexiteers are already a little bit nervous about some slippage. Yeah. And uh, so, do you think that the danger point for Theresa May will be um, once those once those trade talks start? If they don't go well, is it likely that Boris and, and Gove make a move? Potentially, I think. Well, I think she's already in danger. But then again, I've been saying that she's been in danger since the snap election. Well, she <laughs> has, hasn't she? But the th- I think that I think in the last few weeks. Um, She's become things have been shored up bit, a little bit, bit haven't more they? Stable, and I yeah, think that's yeah, because yeah. Of, the, of the of the EU. But I think you're right on the trade. You know, there's already all this pressure from businesses, banks, the yeah. city, yeah. Um, to get the transition period sorted so we can get onto the trade. And if that does all go tits up, then yeah. the pressure from those areas and also yeah from from our own ministers is going to be heavy, isn't it? Yes, and and uh, she can't win with the general public because we were so split down the middle. Mm-hmm. Of course, but, um, but I think the the dangers lie ahead, and then we've got the local elections, of course, next year as Ooh, well. Very exciting. If the Tories are. I love a local election. Trounced there. If Corbyn really flies, or not Corbyn, but you know what I mean. If Labour, yeah. if Labour really fly, then that could be another potential uh, moment of danger. I think for. Theresa May. Yeah, so good. Let, let's, have a, let's have a think about the parties then. Yeah. Um, so let's leave the Tories because they're pretty much wrapped up in, in what we've just been speaking about, mm-hmm. weren't they? We, there's every likelihood, I would predict, that there's going to be some more pressure from, from Boris yeah, and, Gov and the Brexit bunch. Um, but what about Labour? Labour, I think Labour are, well, they're still, you know, sitting back and waiting, aren't they, watching things unravel. Um, but I think they 
we'll probably have to, you know, speak out a bit more on the shambles that is Brexit. I think they really need to start doing that. But I can understand also why they're not, because it's just kind of letting them hang themselves, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I've been thinking about this. And if you, if you were to take very different times, obviously, but if you remember, <laughs> you probably don't, actually. But back <laughs> when Tony Blair was in opposition... I do you remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> just. They were so... The, Labour just hammered the Tories every single day. Yeah. They had it was the first proper, really well-oiled, twenty-four-hour um, uh, press mm-hmm. um, office in political terms. That and they just went for the Tories on everything, every single thing they did. They went for them, and it is uh, stark in contrast with this Labour because they're not. And I think there's two reasons. I think you're right, absolutely. One is that. Well, if they, you know if this team are going to carry on scoring on goals, then there's no point in putting no, the centre forward. But but also on Brexit certainly, but on other issues as well, the the shadow cabinet aren't as one. No, exactly. They're not they're not together on stuff. So I think that Corbyn's almost letting the the party because you know below the the smile, below the surface, below the behind the smiles on Labour, there is a war raging mm. because we've got these. Like I said, we've got these council seats going in next year. Momentum are desperate to get momentum back to candidates yep. in them. Um, John Landsman's about to land on the NEC, so that battle is still very much going on mm-hmm. um, for the for the heart and soul of the future of the Labour Party. And I think that Corbyn would just rather it carried up, bumped or bumped <laughs> along as it is for the time being. Absolutely. Do you think we've reached peak Corbyn? Do you think that happened this year or peak do you Corbyn. think do you think we can get more Corbyn, you know? Oh god. Um I think we can probably get more Corbyn, but god knows in what direction. Um But if there was a general say there's a general election, it's yeah. exactly the same time next year, right? Right. Um but if that were to happen, I don't think it will. I don't think there'll be a general election next year. But if it did, it wouldn't be, Theresa May wouldn't be the one that was no. standing. And so I say, don't think it'd be a stretch to see Corbyn and Downing Street either, right. in all honesty. Yeah. I don't. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think it would surprise me either. Because he said, I'll, be, I'll probably be Prime Minister next year. He did he? say that, yeah. They're very confident that there's going to be a general election mm. next year. I think that's I think that's misguided, because mm. if Theresa May does uh, fall or is pushed, mm-hmm. whoever takes over is surely not going to want to go to the country with with Corbyn breathing down their neck as he is. So finally then, uh, Lib Dems. What, good old Lib Dems. Remember well, them? I do. They've uh, actually been quite interested in the last uh, couple of days, haven't they? They've said that um, we could have a second EU referendum as early as Christmas in 2018. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, yeah, not like in the next few oh, days. You're joking me. I'm, about, I'm, trying to, I'm going to finish this podcast and go home for Christmas and now you're telling me... This she could have to come back out. No, they've proposed a 12-week campaign starting in September to give the UK the option to accept a deal or stay in the EU. So, yeah, they said that we've got a whole referendum on the final deal, which obviously the government has ruled out, um, and that that would be timed with the EU state's own votes on the agreement. So that would be fun, wouldn't it? Well, it would. It, it, how likely do you think that is? Oh, I think zero to none. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd keep you busy for 12 weeks, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, because I haven't got nothing else to do. No, really, no. So that's fine. That's <laughs> Twiddling your thumbs. Well, I think, as I said to Steve previously, 2017 has been utterly bonkers year. Mm-hmm. I think you could get more bonkers than 2016. And the way things are going, there's every likelihood that 2018 will be just as, <laughs> just as crackers. Welcome back. 
It's almost the big day, isn't it, Steve? It, it, what, Brexit day? There's another, <laughs> there's another 450-odd sleeps till Brexit day. No, Steve, Christmas day. Oh, Christmas day. Yeah, jolly chap, climbs down your chimney. <laughs> Is it Boris Johnson? Empty <laughs> his sack. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, but the, there is a. I mean, I, I like Christmas. Yes. But I don't like other people. No. So, I've noticed this. Yeah. So Christmas, I, the ideal Christmas for me would probably be sitting on your own. Yeah. Um, watching it's a wonderful like, life. Could, no, no, no. I'd watch something non-Christmassy. I'd watch sport or something. Just dark in the in the dark. Yes. And and that would be that. And yes. then I'd come back to work on Boxing Day. Right, okay. But everyone else seems to want to have weeks off and yes. get drunk all the time and give each other presents. They do. Which means that I'm going to have to get involved in some way. But I'm not sure how myself and our listeners can cope with every family's got them. Brexiteers. Brexiteers. What do you do if you have a Brexiteer? You see, this time, last year, this time last year it was a nightmare, wasn't it? Because the, the, everyone was very sore. Yeah. And there were lots of arguments. In fact, I think Brexit was banned at the family Christmas party I went to. Was it last year? That was um, very. Uh, that was a. That was a good move. Yeah, I've been reading about this thing that they've got in America called radical empathy. Are you aware of this? Uh, I'm not very empathetic, but I'm quite radical. Yes. So they well. Okay. <laughs> that tie is quite radical. Um, <laughs> Um, Especially where, you, where radical, I am. Radical empathy is something which there, there was sort of a, a, a rash of articles uh, around Thanksgiving, which is sort of American Christmas, isn't it? Um, they get two Christmases in America. They don't do gifts on Thanksgiving, though, do they? No, they just get drunk, don't they? Yeah, and watch, watch American football. football. Yeah. yeah, sounds all right. Sounds it like does. my ideal Christmas. It <laughs> sounds like most Saturdays, <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays for me. Um, However, uh, rad- so radical empathy is something that you, if you've got Brexiteer over, you can practice this. So you could either you could either say no Brexit talk at the, the yeah. dinner table. Yeah. However, a, I was reading a psychologist yesterday was saying, don't don't welcome in your Brexiteer relatives and say, look, there'll be no Brexit talk because that will only make them want to talk about Brexit straight away. And yes kick back against the man yeah, but if yeah. somebody starts talking about it just say oh can we leave it for another time because you know you and I don't agree on this and because I like you and it's Christmas I don't think we should we should talk about it yeah uh, but radical empathy is the is the act of of listening basically you you listen to their views uh-huh. in an empathetic way right you share your personal responses in an empathetic way and you basically get together and hug it out, and uh, and, and it doesn't the, sound that radical. It sounds like being a grown-up. And the group, well, it, that's right. But the group that is practicing this, which is a group called Network um, Four, they are um, they they work in American universities and have done various studies on this, and they are saying that they have they they basically found this really effective. They found it very effective with people who are pro NRA, pro guns, Ooh. and people who are anti guns right. and now they're testing it with people who are pro Trump and anti Trump. And rather than just saying, Well I think Trump's an idiot yeah. when somebody starts in or yeah. I think Brexit is absolutely stupid. Yeah. Should we try it now? Yeah. Shall I be a Brexiteer? Yeah. You could be my mother in law. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> It's nice to see you. All right, here we go. Okay. Well, I think we should just bloody get on with it. Oh, f-
Cough now, don't be an idiot. Uh, that was radical empathy. The other thing you can do, obviously, is, and this is what I practice when anyone comes to my house and, and starts giving it some of that, is yeah. I take back control. And uh-huh. what I mean by that is I take back the remote control yeah. and then I just go off and watch TV. Yes. But you could do that with some Brexiteer friends of yours, couldn't you, yeah. if they come round. I would recommend the best. What's the best Christmas film ever made? Oh, oh. That is a good question. I'm going to tell you, it's 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 Die Hard, obviously. Oh well, there's uh, there's an argument about whether that's a Christmas film. But or you not, can put Steve. on Die Hard. Well, it's a Christmas film with Christmas music, which is set at Christmas. But you could enjoy Santa Die Hard the as the great film that it is, and yes. and the Brexiteers could enjoy it because a load of Germans get killed in it. So it's, <laughs> so it's it's quite nice. Okay, so Die Hard is the answer to so Die Hard is Christmas guest. Die Hard, but you can practice radical empathy, but with with a, a much better conclusion um, than I uh, that than I have managed there. You could also you could also try some Christmas crackers. Yes, they're, they're, that's always good. Christmas um, crackers. They have jokes in, don't they? They packs. do have jokes in. I've got some Christmas cracker jokes here I'm that not I surprised. that I wrote. Uh, <laughs> which you do. which newspaper says is forecasting that Britain is going to be swamped by mass immigration from elves. Oh, I don't know. The Polar Daily Express. Uh, uh, which Santa do Brexiteers hate? Jack Santa. Oh, that's good. I like that one. Uh, why did the UKIP voter have no presents? Uh, don't know. He sent them all back to where they came from. Oh, good, yes. That's good. Why didn't Father Christmas vote leave? Uh, don't know. Because he's not irrationally worried about living next to a pole. <laughs> Why was the UKIP nativity play cancelled? Um, I'd like to see that, but it's a shame it's been cancelled. Tell me. They couldn't find three wise men. Why <laughs> is Nigel Farage banned from Santa's workshop? Uh, is it because of the moonlight shining on Santa's behind? It's because smoking can seriously damage your elf. Ah, uh, good. Uh, how many leave voters does it take to change a light bulb? Um, three. Well, one to remove the bulb and seventeen million four hundred and ten thousand and seventeen uh, seven hundred and forty-one to sit in the darkness and tell everyone else <laughs> to get over themselves. Uh, and finally, why was Nigel Farage's Christmas lunch so crap? Uh, don't know. No Brussels, and there was also no turkey, despite Nigel insisting that turkey would be admitted to the table <laughs> at any minute now. They weren't that good, were they? But they you were. Could, they were fine. You could read those out. <laughs> Okay. You could also yeah. What, what else could you do? I, this is what I would do, right? This yeah. is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, guys, it's Christmas. Let's go gather around the tree and sing some Christmas carols. Brilliant Christmas songs, even. It Lovely need to be carols. So maybe we could try some of these out that you've lovingly penned for us. I've written some Christmas carols as well. Yeah. Should we? Should we? Um, which one should we start with? Should we start with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? That's a good one to start with, isn't it? Shall I do this one? You do that one, yeah. Boris the bare-faced liar Had an ever-growing nose Each time he told a porky It looked like Pinocchio's Oi. All of the Remain voters Used to laugh and call him names They didn't know old Boris doesn't have a sense of shame. 
Excellent. That's that's a great one. Yeah. I'm going to do mistletoe and wine now. Yes. And I can't I can't carry a tune in a bucket, so I'm apologising in advance. Well, you're going to be showing up after my performance. Then. Christmas time. Michael Gove still wines. Poor man's married to Sarah Vine. He wants a hard Brexit for you and for me. He makes me nostalgic for the old EEC. Very good, very good, very good. This, oh, we've got to do this one. Um, wonderful Christmas time. Can we do that? Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, I walked on Mars. I won the cup. I was team captain on Call My Bluff. Simply having a Paul Nuttall Christmas time. <laughs> Simply having a Paul Nuttall Christmas time. That's genius. Thank you. That is genius. I actually, I told you this already, but I actually cried when I read these. Should <laughs> we do? Should we do one more, or should we do? A I couple think we more? should. I think we should do. I think we should do a duet. Yeah. And then I think we should finish on Winter Wonderland. Okay, lovely. So, should, do, should, should, do should you we want do, to be or shall I? Are we doing this one? Yeah, okay. okay we've got to. Go on, you be. You, you, you start, you be Shane. It was Christmas Eve, Steve, in the think tank. Steve Bannon said to me, Trump is the chosen one. <laughs> and then he sang a song. About walls and fake news, I turned my face away and dreamed about you. He's got cars big as bars, he's got lifts made of gold, and he'll probably grope <laughs> you unless you are old. When I shook off his hands and attempted to leave, he promised me Breitbart was waiting for me. He's not handsome, not he's not pretty, but he's from, from New York, York City. City. When, when Muller is finished, he'll howl out no more. Michael Flynn is still singing of gifts Putin was bringing. They're going to corner the entire alt-right. The, the boys of the, the FBI, FBI choir are singing Time's Up, Chump. And the cells are waiting now for, for Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Very good. Very good. We got there. We got there in the end. <laughs> and uh, So this is my favourite, the next thing. Um, Shall we do... Should we do Once in Royal David City? Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do that one first, okay. David Davis, water pity, credibility in shreds. Didn't have those Brexit papers, turns out they were in his head. He claimed they did not exist. <laughs> he must be completely... Yes, very good. Okay, last one. Okay. Last one. Um, Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. Let's do it together. Okay. Well, Ready? Do you want to do... You do the first verse and I'll do the next verse, yeah? <coughs> All right. Nigel here. Are you listening? All Ramonas are quizlings. Although I talk shit, I've done quite all right. Walking in a Farage Wonderland. Gone away is the EU herd. And here to stay is my new bird. I'll sing a love song as we go along, a walking in a Farage wonderland. All together. In the meadow I will build a straw man, and pretend the Turks will come to town. It isn't really true, but I'll say, oh man, they'll take all of your jobs and make you frown. Later on, I'll conspire to throw sense in the fire. 
You lot can jump, jump off, off a cliff, cliff. I'll, I'll be in the gold lift. A walking in a Farage Wonderland. Oh, walking in a Farage Wonderland. Very good, very good. By all means, take those songs and carols and sing them around the tree with your Brexity family. And happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. One and all, and a happy new year and a, and a better new year. And what should the listeners do now? They can uh, give us, uh, despite that appalling singing, they can give us great <laughs> reviews uh, and lots of stars if they're reviewing us on iTunes. Same on Audio Boom. You can follow me at, uh, Sangles, at Sanglesey on Twitter, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Uh, and you can follow the New European at the New European. And you can follow me at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already, dash out and get the paper. It's a bumper Christmas edition, perfect stocking filler for the remainder or indeed the lever in your life. It's £3 and there's lots of good stuff in it, as always. We'll be back with the regular podcast in the new year, but there will be a podcast next week of some of our best bits. Merry Christmas. Mr Campbell, take it away. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.